This is the Influencers Network Podcast. I'm your host, Brian Craig. I'm the Executive Director for Influencers Global Ministries here in Bentonville, Arkansas. And uh, through the wonders of our technology and Zoom, uh, I get to interview uh, people all around the country, around the world. And so uh, I've asked uh, one of our newer regional directors uh, with the ministry uh, to to be my guest today. So I'm proud to interview uh, Josh Shirley. Josh is out there in Bakersfield, California. He's one of our newest regional directors. Uh, probably one of the younger guys on staff, I would say. I, I don't know if you may be the youngest, actually, I think, I think Josh. I'm the youngest. <laughs> I think you are, yeah. So uh, not the least mature, but the youngest. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, so welcome, Josh. Thank you. Appreciate you. Thanks for having me. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I you know, m- most of the country and the world of influencers, they all know about Les Piercy, right? Everybody's experienced Les Piercy or heard about Les Piercy and all that. So uh, you guys are kind of the the next generation, you and Henry Schaefer. Yeah. I've interviewed Henry on another podcast when we were doing the Journey podcast series. They've heard your voice maybe and, and seen your face or your voice and your story a little bit when we were at the staff retreat and I interviewed mm-hmm. you and a few other guys. But but hey, I just want, I want to let them get to know you, Josh, and uh, kind of where you came from, how you ended up being part of influencers, you know, how you got a calling into this ministry. And then, and then I'd love for you to share with them a little bit what's going on in Bakersfield these days. So, uh, yeah. so why don't you just dive in and tell a little bit about a little of your testimony of kind of where you were leading up to, to meeting uh, influencers. Yeah. Thanks, Brian. Um, man, that's a lot to unpack and I'll try and do that in like little sound bites. <laughs> five got minutes. It. Sure. Uh, sure. But, you know, I, I guess to give some context, I, I grew up in a Christian family, a uh, long lineage of Christians, my grandfather, grandmother, father, mother. Um, and so was going to church regularly, going through the Awanas, doing the church, um, you know, Sundays and, and going to summer camps through the summer and had a great influence in my life. And I guess to summarize uh, majority of it, it was knowing about God. And that's always a good thing. You know, being able to study scripture, memorize scripture, um, doing worship songs and being around the body of Christ um, was better than not. And God used all of that. But really, my story is about knowing about God. And then in 2019, when he captured my heart, really knowing him from a personal, intimate experience, experiential level. And that's a daily process of getting to know him uh, each and every day. So the knowing about him part was was something that if you would have asked me prior to 2019, I would have told you I, I knew him. Um, because I knew a lot about him. I could answer a lot of the, the Bible trivia questions. I knew a lot about the Bible, knew a lot about the right answers to give. Um, but the heart wasn't completely surrendered. And so leading to 2019, God had uh, orchestrated 
some divine appointments to get me to go to first starting in a romance weekend and then leading to a solely business, which solely business is a weekend men's getaway. It's the men's retreat to then eventually leading me to the journey, which was the fall of 2019. And in the fall of 2019, that's when through page 21 of the journey manual, this cheesy little house illustration, the bedrock of grace is how God captured my heart. And from that point forward, it's never been the same. There was a transformation that occurred. All I can tell you is that God took a heart of stone. And what I would say is he gave me a heart of flesh and it was a heart transplant. It wasn't just a, a, a makeover. It wasn't a pacemaker. It was an absolute heart transplant. And uh, that was a transformation that I didn't know I didn't have. But once I had it, it changed me. Uh, it's a metamorphosis that it talks about in scripture. It was a complete new creation. Well, hey, can you unpack that just a little bit in case somebody's listening to this and they haven't been through the journey and they're like, what are you talking about? A cheesy illustration. What, what are you talking about? The bedrock of grace. It, yeah. Just can you give a little quick summary of what, you know, Rocky wrote this book called Orphan No More and he, and he describes a life built on Christ, basically, right? Yeah. And what that might look like if it was a house, right? So yeah. take it from there. Yeah. So the house that you can see visibly is really what represents the visible actions and the the parts of your life that the world can see. But then below that house is then the foundation. Um, and there's a beam that's that's holding the the uh, the house above it. And then there's these below that that foundation is four pillars. And these four pillars are aspects of who God is, his nature. God knows, God cares, he's willing, and he's able. Mm -hmm. And then when you take these four pillars of who God is, you then drill down deeper. And those four pillars of who God is is supported by the bedrock of grace. Mm. And that's bedrock that supports everything was what I just said was grace. And when I got down to that part of the illustration for me at that time, it didn't resonate. It didn't, it was not the answer. And so I remember really wrestling that week in preparation going, no, it can't be the bedrock or or it can't be grace. That's the bedrock that supports my entire life, my theology, everything is built upon his grace. Like, no, I I know grace was important and absolutely critical for me with salvation. But outside of that, you know, living this life for him, grace is just a license for people to sin. That was Mm -hmm. my understanding of what grace was. It was warped. And so when I looked at that, I, for me, if I would have had to write that illustration, it would have been at that time, the word of God. I probably would have said it was the word of God that supported my entire life, Mm -hmm. not grace. Mm -hmm. And it was in that Friday morning in our group with 40 men circled that I'm going into that room 
wanting to state my case as to why I didn't think it was grace. But as the leader of that session started to speak, the Holy Spirit, all I can tell you is that the Holy Spirit was doing something inside of me and he was speaking to my heart in a way that I hadn't experienced before. And it was just the reality that I was missing out on this entire time. I had been trying to earn. I had tried, I've been trying to prove my love for God. And it was just the Holy Spirit's gentle way of saying, son, you've been missing my love for you. You've been missing what I have done for you your entire life. Mm. You've been trying to earn it and you cannot do it. And I just remember surrendering to that truth. I remember sitting back in my chair and feeling like a thousand pounds coming off of my chest. I felt like a tidal wave of his love come crashing over me. And then I felt like I took what I felt like was the very first breath. Mm. So that, that in, in a nutshell is kind of my experience. Wow. That's powerful. That is powerful. That's a great example of you never know which piece of the journey is going to grab a participant, right? You just don't know. I mean, we, and again, we're not there to teach the participants. We're there for them to have self-discovery, which is what happened right. with you. No one is right. teaching you anything. The Holy Spirit yeah. revealed himself to you in a powerful right. way. Right. You know, that, that, that's, that's a great man. That, what a great Which experience. Which is crazy too, right? Because I mean, <laughs> I mean, at this point to give the listeners a little more context, I had been leading a college Bible study in our church for 12 years. Mm. I had been a deacon at this point for probably five years. And in many respects was looked to as a spiritual leader um, in our church. And so mm. for me to been missing out on the most foundational aspect of my relationship with God is really scary because mm. I think that there could be more if if I missed it, there could be more that are missing out on the the what might be very elementary, very uh I don't even rudimentary. Mm. But it is so critical that everyone understands it is it is God's grace. And it's not just for salvation. It's for sanctification, which basically means our life after he saves us, that he's going to continue to finish his work in us to make us more into the image of his son. And then not even after it, not even through the life here on earth, it, even when we get glorified, it's through his grace. When we are in his presence and we're ushered into heaven, it'll be through grace. So I'm like, wow, I didn't know that. <laughs> well, and you hit you hit the nail on the head, Josh, that most believers probably get grace in the context of their salvation, but they don't understand that there's so much more. There's so much more of this relationship with God that he wants with us through grace right. on on now and and then the hereafter, you know. And um and and this is where the journey is filling a gap. It's helping people go deeper. It's helping people, you know, got, and again, it was out of Rocky just wanting to know more and go deeper. And now he's sharing with other people who are in the same boat trying to go. And you're, here you are all these years later, finding a secret that a key that unlocked a door for you to go deeper with That's God, right. which is, which is beautiful. 
Um, and it was, I'll just share this part. The moment that the alignment happened where now is the right perspective, you know, in first John, I don't know exactly the, the passage, but in first John, it says, we love God because he first loved us. And keeping that new perspective of his love for me now gave me the fuel. It gave me the desire, the passion that I so longed for, that I so tried to discipline myself to do on my own strength. Now, suddenly, it was like his love compelled me. And when I experienced his love for me, it changed everything. Now it was my love became just a response. Like, God, you have me and everything in me. And whatever, whomever, however, wherever, if I already said that, you have it. Like, whatever you, whatever you say, like, you have my heart. He won me with his love and I got to experience that. And then obedience came at a new level it came at a deeper desire level a level of like i want to not because i have to because but because i genuinely want to (laughs) Mm. i want to do the right thing i don't want to just not do the wrong thing for the consequences of it i want to do the right thing am i perfect at that no but he changed my heart to the the fact that now it's like i want to which is crazy Mm. He gave me the motivation that I so longed for, but it was his love that did it. So what are some tangible ways that that started manifesting itself in your life? I mean, I couldn't get enough of God's word. I mean, I was waking up at O dark 30 and I'm like smelling the roses and going like, come on, Lord. I couldn't wait to get to my quiet time. And I'm telling you, it was just like insatiable digging through his scripture journaling like i had never journaled before i well first of all in prior to 2019 i had never journaled i thought that that was something that women do it's a color diary (laughs) 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 but in 2019 that was one of the disciplines that we started to learn is how to journal and so Mm. in preparation for that experience man i just started journaling and it was like that was the coolest thing ever and how god was just starting to speak to me and I was listening, I was hearing, I was seeing, I was experiencing him in a real dynamic relational way. And it was no longer just a study academic of, Mm. and that's all I could say. It was just experiential. And that's what it's been ever since. I'm experiencing the word of God becoming flesh in my life. I'm Mm. experiencing him in the nuances of my day, even in the, the, the crazy uh, frustrations of the day, the things that would normally just like spin me out. I'm actually experiencing him in and I'm going, all right, Lord, how are we going to tackle this thing? I'm bringing Mm. him into it. And we're just, I'm, I'm just, I'm developing a friendship with him Mm. that uh, man. And I hope that that sound, that's not irreverent. um, Cause I want to make sure that, that it doesn't become uh, an irreverent aspect of who God is because there is the full totality of who he is. And I have to be reverent of him, but he is showing me more of his desire to be not just my father, but also a friend. And 
And that's a cool experience to do life with. Well, and that's what Jesus said in John 15. He said, I no longer call you servants. I call you friends. And I mean, that blew me away. My first journey group, that one little phrase that Jesus would call me a friend. I mean, and I hear what you're saying. It's not that we bring God to our level, you know, you know, it's, he's still God, but, uh, but he wants a friendship with us. He wants to walk with us. It's, it's, it's awesome. So, um, at the end of the journey, um, you were compelled, I'm guessing, to go become a guide to help other people find some of this yeah. stuff. Is that right? Yeah. After my first season going through it, I'm like, oh my goodness. Like, man, we have to get more people to go through this. So I I decided to be a co-guide, but the spirit had different plans. And ultimately, in a roundabout way, I ended up being a guide in both my couples group and in my men's group, <laughs> which was yeah. not designed. I didn't design it that way, but the, the Lord had different plans. Mm, mm. Well, yeah, you already had the, some of the giftings, you know, and then he just took, you know, he'd already, and then he let your fire, you know, so uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> dynamite happened there. So yeah. that's, yeah, I can see that happening. So what, tell me about, Tell me about what transpired that led you to quit the working world and decide I got to give God everything and my, my career and everything. So I would say since 2019, when, when God got a hold of my heart, it's been in a process every year of him refining me, continuing to purify me. And, uh, and what he ultimately revealed in 2022 was that there was an unhealthy love of money that was ultimately keeping me divided uh, to some extent with my heart. Um, I, I was in the marketplace for 14 years and was a commercial real estate uh, broker. And it was in March of 2020 that he showed me through Matthew, I think it's seven, where he says, for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. And I just started to play in my mind, if I substitute treasure for what I value, my first response was, okay, Lord, what I value the most is seeing your kingdom expand here on earth. And I felt completely at peace with that response. And then I, I sent the spirit say, well, but what if it was money? And what if you won the mega lotto? And immediately, without even hesitating, I said I would leave the marketplace because I would have no, no more need to make money, to earn an income. And for me, it revealed where my heart was, that I was trusting in my ability to continue to earn an income to help the Lord in in my ministry instead of just trusting him. And I've sensed for a while he was calling me, uh, but I was kind of hesitant. You know, my wife was actually, she was ready before I was. Mm. And so when that day came and I answered it in that conviction that I would leave and I would just go into full-time ministry. I'm like, man, Lord, am I really, am I really trusting in myself and not just trusting in on you that, that you would provide if I just walked away? And it was that day that I journaled and I, 
I don't have enough time to explain the, the rest of the story, but essentially he confirmed through scripture um, the answer that I that I was seeking. And so he called me into full-time ministry. Like I dropped the nets, I, I left the boat and I just said, okay, God, I'm going to follow you wherever you call me. When, when he called me March 6th, that O-Dark 30, I didn't have a ministry option. It wasn't like I had job offers in the ministry. I just said, okay, God, I believe that you're going to create the path. You're going to, you're going to show me. And so I, on March 8th, informed my bosses, my partners of this decision. And then it was a six-month process until the Lord showed me uh, that influencers was essentially where he was guiding me. Mm, mm. And then, yeah, you didn't. So, yeah, that's interesting. I, I don't think I knew that part of the story. I thought maybe there was an offer from influencers and then you had to decide, am I going to, am I going to leave the marketplace or not? You know, I didn't yeah. know that uh, you got called and jumped out of the boat before, yeah. before yeah. you had anywhere to land. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, wow, it, that's it, awesome. it, say too, it, it was, um, it wasn't just a, a flippant, like March 8th, I'm done. I, it was March 8th. I'm informing my team. I was on a team of seven and I said, guys, I, I have made this decision. I believe the Lord has called me to full-time ministry. I don't know when, I don't know who, I don't know where, but I'm just telling you that that's what's going to happen. And so I would sense that August of this year, it'll be official. Like I'll be, you know, done by then. So let's start right now preparing for this transition. And so from March till June, we prepared the exit so that I didn't leave my clients that I had built up over 14 years. I didn't leave them in the, in the dust. Yeah. 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 Well, so how's it been? How's it been being on staff? with influencers serving God full-time and tell, t- give us a few highlights. I, I mean, I can't even, I can't even express it, Brian. It's, it's, I am so filled. I am so fulfilled. I am so uh, just overjoyed. The, the experience of how I've been able to grow in my relationship with him uh, has been such a blessing. And I'll tell you this too, and I'll let the, the listeners in on this aspect. My biggest concern, and I promise you, Brian, I prayed and I prayed and I fervently sought the Lord. I said, God, I, I'm, I'm walking into this in full faith. I'm trusting you. And uh, I said, but this one thing I ask, do not let this become a job. Mm-hmm. Don't do not allow my love, do not allow my devotion, do not allow this now career, if you will, to become a job because I don't want to dry up. I don't want to, to this just become duty. I came mm-hmm. from that life. I don't want to go back to it. That's a dungeon. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to dry up and wither away. And so, man, I pleaded with him. And I'm telling you what, it has been, he is abundantly answered that I mean, overjoyed. Mm. Well, and I've, I've been out there with you and watched you in action and seen you with the men and, and I see your joy. I see your passion and I'm just thankful, man, that God raised you up. Cause I, 
I think someone used the term right man, right job, you know, and, and, and I see that in you. I mean, like this is a perfect fit for where you need to be. And, and, uh, man, I love it. I mean, and you and Henry work great together and, <laughs> and less is, I mean, less, I never thought less would ever retire. I, I mean, I, I mean, and he's never going to, there's no such thing as retirement, but it's just transition into right. other phases of where God needs you, you know, yeah. another, other mission fields or whatever. And, uh, but I see less having a confidence in you guys to let you guys go out there and, and do it, you know, and, and doesn't feel the need to control anything, you know, cause he has confidence in the Holy spirit and in you guys. And that's pretty cool. So, so tell, tell everybody anything you want to share about what's going on in Bakersfield these days. Cause I don't know if I've given a actual report on Bakersfield in a while. I mean, everybody knew Bakersfield was the wild and crazy guys that can get a thousand people to go to, some camp out overnight or, you know, or, or a thousand turkeys delivered on Thanksgiving day. And like, who are these guys? (laughs) So what's, what's the latest? What do you, what, what, what are some of the heartbeats of what's going on right now in Bakersfield? I I would just say, I see God really refining us as a ministry. And it's, I say that, and I hope that people aren't listening as if we don't ever, like we're ever going to be done being refined. There's going to every year I pray that we are soft enough and humble enough to say, God, refine us more. Uh, But I sense there's a refining that's happening, you know, this year. And uh, it has been really, really refreshing to see how God is uh, orchestrating this whole thing. We're we are um, planting new journey groups in six different churches, six new churches. Um, all of which, Brian, we did not reach out to. As you know, with the ministry, we're not um, salesmen. We're not trying to, to go where we're not invited. These are six new churches that have this year seen men in their congregation, women in their congregation coming alive, becoming more involved in their church, becoming influencers in their church, becoming disciple makers in their church. And they're noticing, and now they're reaching out and they're saying, Hey, can we get meetings? Can we have a meeting? Like, find out what's going on here. And with the refining of our ministry and, and really helping us to know the role that I think God has for us right now in our ministry, which is to come alongside of the church and disciple men and women towards an intimate, abiding relationship with Jesus we're starting to really see uh, the fruits of that. Men and women that are coming alive in Christ, learning what it means to abide, but then they're not stopping with just their marketplace. They're not stopping with just their family. They're going back into the local church and they're tapping other men and other women and they're becoming uh, life group leaders within their church and they're, they're serving at different roles. Like I come to my church is Valley Baptist in Bakersfield. And it's so awesome to see so many men and women from journey that are serving at different capacities. Mm-hmm. You know, we have a trolley, a tram that goes and picks up people, you know, from certain parking lots. And I would say majority of them are men who are entrenched within the, the journey. You know, we have greeters that are people of the journey. And it's just neat to see that 
that they're funneling back into their church and they're serving at a deeper capacity. The, the pastors are noticing it and they're coming to us and they're saying, okay, we, we want to bring this onto our campus. So in a nutshell, I'm just, God is showing us more and more the role that we're here to play and it's to help build up the body of Christ. Yeah. And what a, what a, what a beautiful picture of not replacing the church, but coming along inside the church. You know, I mean, we're like this organism outside of the church, but we're available to all the churches, you know, we'll help anybody. And, and we're not, we're not trying to do anything in competition. We're just, we're part of the kingdom. And, uh, and, and I think it's, it's, uh, it's a great example of, we, we do a journey group and then people start abiding and then they start living it out, you know, and it's at home first and then in their world. And, you know, shouldn't it years later affect a whole community, a whole city, you know, and shouldn't it affect a whole state or a County? You know I mean? It, it should just keep working itself outward. And I, I think that's what we're seeing in Bakersfield. And, and I probably the biggest challenge is people who have that leadership inside them stepping up, you know, and, and taking the answering the call, you know, cause they're out there. Are you listening to Bakersfield men and women? There's some of you out there that it's time for you to step up and answer Amen. the call. And we don't mean full-time ministry. We just mean step up and whatever God's asking you to do, Amen. because uh, with so many people, you know, there's, there's a need for leadership, you know? So, uh, but it's awesome. And, uh, and it just seems like it just keeps, keeps growing, which is awesome. So reaching more people for Jesus and all that. So, well, um, anything, any final comments or anything you want to want to say, anything you're thinking about? You know, uh, and this is probably just going to resonate within our, our local community, but June 19th, we have a really special opportunity. Um, we have our senior pastor of Valley Baptist. His name is Roger Spradlin, has been serving as a senior pastor for 35, 37 years. And uh, about six months ago, came down with terminal cancer. And he has not been able to give a, a sermon or a message since, uh, but about two weeks ago, reached out to his son and said, I feel strong enough to deliver a message that the Lord has placed on my heart. And his son, which is now our senior pastor, said, well, dad, is this a message just to the men at Valley Baptist? Or is this a message that you want to, to spread to the men of Kern County? And he said, this is a message I want to spread to the men of Kern County. And his son said, well, I think there's no better platform to use than M6, uh, which is influencers uh, platform and non-denominational. And they're going to bring and cast the net out wide. And his dad agreed to it. And so June 19th, we're going to have an M6 with Roger Spradlin. And it's going to be a message that I know the Lord has placed on his heart, a message that um, the Lord is going to use in a mighty, mighty way. And so we're going to have it recorded, I believe. Um, for mm -hmm. those that, that can't be in person, we, we want to be able to get it out there because I know the Lord is going to use this message in a powerful way. So I'm mm -hmm. super excited. I, I, Brian, I, I'm not exaggerating when I think we're going to have 14 to 1500 men come to this event. And, uh, and I just, I'm, I'm praying, I'm going to be fasting in, in preparation for what is going to occur that night, but, um, I'm excited, excited. Well, to 
the last time you told me somebody had a message that the Lord put on their heart and they had to share was Derek Carr, yeah. NFL football player, you know, Raider now Saint. Yeah. Uh, and and I was fortunate enough to be there the wow. night that that took place with you and some other people. And uh, that that did not disappoint. No. <laughs> that was amazing. <laughs> that was amazing. He's my new favorite player, football player in the NFL. So yeah. anyway, so yeah, that that's cool. I'm glad you brought that up. Actually, I was thinking about that. So uh, yeah, anyone in the in the area who listens to this podcast, June 19th. So and that'll be, where, where's that going to be held at? It will be at Valley Baptist, 4800 Fruitville Avenue, 93308. Okay, June 19th. It'll be 6 right, p.m. June 19th. And um, yeah, we're going to feed you. And we're going to do a time of worship. We're going to have a, a chance where pastors across Bakersfield um, are going to come and, and pray over Pastor Roger. Mm. Then we're going to hear a man just speak from what the Lord has been working on in his heart for the last six months, going through chemo. Um, but I'm excited. Well, I'll be praying that he gets a Hezekiah extension, maybe 15 yes. more years, you know, maybe yes. gets a, a little blessing surprise, you know, I mean, I'm sure I don't know him, but you've told me about him. I'm sure he's ready to go whenever the Lord's ready. But uh, yeah. Yeah. If, if, if God's got purposes for his life, you know, he'll be around to fulfill it. So uh, yeah, cool. Well, Hey man, thanks, Josh. Thanks for all your service to this ministry and uh, for your friendship to me and every, everything you do out there, brother. I love you, so, Brian. Thank you. Yeah, love, love you too, man. All right. Well, that was Josh Shirley. He's our uh, one of our newest regional directors out in Bakersfield, California. And so uh, glad to have him on the podcast today. Um, this has been the Influencers Network podcast. And uh, you can find other broadcasts on our website under resources and podcasts. And uh, and you can even do a search if there's one you, that's topical that you're interested in. So uh, anyway, I hope these are a blessing to you, but uh, we enjoy doing it. That's for sure. And now we have an archive of God's fingerprints of what he's done on this ministry. So uh, anyway, my name is Brian Craig. I am executive director for Influencers Global Ministries, and I'm going to keep encouraging you to abide in Christ and go make disciples. God bless you.